This is HPR episode 2259 entitled Minidiscs, a response to HPR 2212. It is hosted by John Culp and is about 17 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is response to HPR 2212 with my own uses and recollections of the awesome legacy medium of the Minidisc. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana. It's been a long time since I recorded anything, but uh, we're on Mardi Gras break right now. I thought it was time. I'm walking past my truck right now, and this is not going to be an episode about my truck. And I've got to confess, I did something bad. Um, I know I'm supposed to make an HPR episode for everything I do on my truck, but I recently repaired something on there without recording. And it was mainly because... At the time I was doing the repair, my next-door neighbor was out either mowing his grass or weed-whacking or something like that, and there was just this really loud sound. It would have have not been very good. Uh, But what I did was fixed a coolant leak that I had traced to what I thought was the thermostat and the gasket around the thermostat. So I I ordered a thermostat and this crazy uh, RTV? Is that what it's called? It's this... uh, silicon stuff in a tube that you apply kind of like you're putting icing on a cake or something and it creates a a gasket um so i got some of that stuff and i got a new thermostat pulled out the old one scraped off all the old gasket uh, residue so it was nice and clean put the silicon gel gasket kind of thing on there let it set up for a while then uh, put the new thermostat in and then put the um the thing back together and it took a little time because I had a bunch of coolant that was kind of like spilled all over my engine and it took a little time for all that stuff to drip off but after about four days I could tell that it had worked there was no more leaking of coolant and now it's completely dry under my truck so I'm glad about that and uh, the whole thing it only cost maybe 17 or 18 dollars I think for the thermostat and the gasket stuff. So, glad about that. Uh, What I wanted to talk about today was, uh, it's kind of a response episode. Man, I'm sorry it's windy like that. I didn't think it was this windy. I'm going to try to shield the microphone from the wind. It it has a windscreen on it. This is my $2 microphone, and it's got a windscreen, but it's blowing enough right now that I'm worried it won't won't quite uh, shield out the wind. I just hear the sound of a... I thought I just heard a... um, I I just walked across the bridge over the coulee and I thought I just heard a waterfowl crying out. Maybe not. 
Um, anyway, I'm doing a response episode to somebody. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember the name right now. But it was a guy who did an episode about mini discs. And uh, I, I wanted to respond with my own story of mini discs. And uh, it begins when I was in graduate school. Uh, I want to say probably 1998 or so was when I first heard about the mini disc as a technology. And it was because I was working in uh, the field of musicology, which has a sort of sister field called ethnomusicology. Now, ethnomusicologists, as part of their research, very frequently have to go out and do field work. And the field work involves making recordings of either interviews or musical performances or, or both. And uh, I remember the ethnomusicology students and uh, one of my faculty members talking about this crazy new thing that was really, really small and made incredibly high-quality recordings uh, called a mini-disc that you could take out into the field. It had a long battery life, and, and you could store lots and lots of uh, recorded audio on these little discs. And so uh, when it came time to do my own sort of field research where uh, I was studying the music of a composer from Argentina, and I got a dissertation research grant to travel to Buenos Aires for three weeks. And uh, I used part of that money to buy myself a mini-disc recorder and a high-quality digital microphone. So the, the recorder that I got was a Sharp MD-702. And, the, and it was a portable kind. They, they also made rack-mounted kind of, uh, I don't know, like component-type uh, mini-disc recorders and players as well. But mine was one of the little bitty ones. It could fit in your pocket, although it was kind of thick. And uh, the microphone was a Sony Stereo Digital mic. I, I forget the model number. I could probably look it up when I get home. But it made amazing recordings. And um, I really liked a number of things about it. One, that the, the recording was very clean sounding. Um, it's like this, there was no tape hiss or anything like that. I like the fact that the device itself was very small, so I could tuck it into one of the pockets of my shoulder bag. Microphone likewise. It came with a little mic stand that I could use if I were conducting an interview. I could just put it on the table there between us and it would not be anything intrusive. And um, I also like the fact that you could do pretty easy digital editing of your audio files on the thing using the device itself. You could split tracks, you could join tracks, you could uh, cut out bits of audio by like splitting in two different places and then deleting the part in the middle. And you could also put labels on the tracks so that the digital readout would show the names of the uh, tracks on there. So it was, a, it was a great medium. I really, really liked it. And I've got probably 30 little um, mini discs still that are left over from my research and various other things. Um, the other context in which I used Minidisc was the year that I was working as an overnight radio announcer at a radio station in Austin, Texas. That's where I did my doctorate, was at the University of Texas at Austin. But um, I got a job, I got a part-time job at a local like publicly funded radio station called 89.5 KMFA that played classical music 24 hours a day. And I was hired right at the time 
when they decided to go to 24-hour programming. Because apparently, up until that time, they kept the programming going up until, I don't know, midnight or 1 a.m., and then they would start up again at 6 a.m. There's a guy coming up behind me in some kind of vehicle. I can hear him approaching. Um, But when they decided to go to 24-hour programming, they needed to hire people to work the overnight shift. And I was one of those people. And so... (laughs) There goes the guy in the uh, vehicle. So I went in to interview for the job, and I had to record a little audition tape, and they had me record it on a mini-disc. And um, one of the things they were looking for was, uh, you know, I, I had a, the, the kind of knowledge that was harder for them to train. You know, I, I intuitively understood all of the different things you needed to say about a classical music recording when you were playing it or when it was finished. Uh, you know, who the conductor was, who the soloist might have been, the name of the orchestra, which movement we heard, or any of that kind of thing. And I could also, off the cuff, talk about interesting musical or historical background things about them because my training was in musicology. So that part of it was no problem, but the part that the program director wanted to hear was how I sounded on microphone. And so uh, apparently he thought I was okay. On the, the day of my interview, they actually let me go live right on the air after listening to my tape he said yeah put them on the air for the next uh, break <laughs> and so right during the midday uh, time I don't know noon one o'clock when a lot of people are listening they put me for my very first time live on the air and uh, I'll tell you right now my heart was pounding but I, I pulled it off okay the program director liked what he heard so he hired me eight bucks an hour <laughs> now it's not a lot of money but if you're gonna have to work for eight bucks an hour um, I don't know that any, there are very many jobs cooler than getting to be on the radio. So I really enjoyed that. I, I worked overnight shifts, and then when the daytime folks either were out sick or went on vacation, they would hire me to cover their slots as well. But where the mini-disc comes in is, at that time, this radio station anyway, did not use the old cart system for the, the promotional segments and uh, stuff uh, you know, little advertisements and stuff like that. What they used was mini discs. They, in the control room, they had two like commercial grade CD players to play the music, and then right on top of each one of those was a uh, rack mounted mini disc recorder and player. And on the mini disc, they would have uh, promotional items, either public service announcements or announcements about underwriters for the programming or upcoming events, uh, promotional things for various special programs they had all during the week and so in between the musical numbers I would have to read out some of the spoken uh, some of the spoken announcements public service things community news the weather and then I would usually play something off of a mini disc as well and then also some of the weekly programs like there was a guy who did a program called I want to say pipe dreams or something there was all organ music and he always produced that show and then mixed it down to uh, mini disc and so uh, when that time came usually it was like two o'clock in the morning when the replay of his show would come on I would pop in the mini disc and hit play and it would play for an hour and then it was over and I remember one time uh, I was actually able to kind of save his show something had gone wrong 
uh, in the in the um, transfer of the program over to Minidisc or, or something, where once it got to a certain beginning of a certain track, it skipped all the way to the end of the disc instead of playing the next track, and it wouldn't stop doing that. And they had left me a little note with the Minidisc saying something's wrong with this. Um, if it if it doesn't work right, uh, get ready to play something else. And so. Uh, while some other music was playing, you know, leading up to the time slot for this, I, I listened to what was happening on the mini disc and found the spot where it kept skipping. And I got out, either I used my own little mini disc recorder or I used the one there, but I found the spot that was one second before the end of the track and split the track right there and then deleted the one second segment that led into the problematic bit. And then from there on, it played perfectly. So I kind of like was able to save the show by doing a little bit of uh, on-the-fly editing on uh, on the mini disc. Nowadays, I, I suspect they probably just use uh, WAV files or MP3 files or something like that uh, instead of any kind of physical medium. But uh, at the time, we used CDs, we used um, mini discs, and uh, backups for the database were actually done on tape and part of my jobs as the overnight guy was to go in there and swap out the um, backup tape from the database computer in any event that was uh, that's it no um, I should tell another story about the mini discs and that is when I went to Argentina to do my research um, I I had my suitcase stolen now, my mini disc recorder, and my microphone, and the mic cable, and I think a couple of discs were all in my shoulder bag that I had with me, but my suitcase had the um, AC adapter, and it got stolen. And so I was there with my recorder and no way to charge it up. I walked all over Buenos Aires trying to find an electronic shop that could sell me a little uh, AC adapter, and I finally found one, and it worked okay. Uh, while I was there but then when I got back to the States it had the wrong kind of plugs you know you couldn't plug it into our walls and so uh, I found a battery case on eBay that would let you attach this little gizmo to the device and then just run it from AA batteries and uh, so that's how I used it from there on Uh, at some point I don't remember what prompted me to try it but uh, at some point, I'd, I thought I'd, I wanted to try to make a USB AC adapter for the thing. And so I took a, a USB cable and cut off one end and soldered on the, um, the little adapter plug that fit into the uh, mini disc recorder. Uh, I soldered that onto the, um, you know, the, the plugless end of the USB cable that I had um, cut. I've actually got a a video on YouTube showing pictures of this and and me talking about it and stuff. And then I uh, would plug in the USB cable to a computer that gives, what, five volts of power? And uh, that actually worked. And so I I kind of improvised a USB power source for this uh, sharp mini-disc recorder. And it worked for a while, but, you know, I, I had intended to record this episode on the sharp mini disc recorder but it wouldn't boot up anymore i think it's it's uh it's dead so 
so it goes, you know. I'm not going to be too upset about it. We've got other things to record with now, including the phone in my pocket, which does a great job. Anyway, I think that's probably about all I wanted to say about mini disc recorders. Um, they were very important to me at one time in my life, and for a while now I've done without them completely. But it's, it was a pretty cool kind of technology. All right, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.